If you're ready for the word, shout, I'm ready. It's my customs to stand for the reading of God's word. I want to go all in. Who wants to live your life unstuck? Come on. I, well, I've got about 20% of you. I said, who wants to live your life unstuck? Anybody? Even before I teach this today, I want you to raise up your hands. I declare freedom over you in the next season. I declare you won't be stuck. I declare you're going to walk with liberty and freedom into everything God has for you. If you receive it, give him a shout right now. Come on. I want you to fasten your seatbelts. I'm coming from 1 Corinthians 15 today. I'm going to do some teaching and some preaching. I always tell you that the difference is teaching is telling and preaching is yelling. So I'm going to do a little teaching and preaching today. I'm going to be telling it, and y'all know I'll probably be yelling it before it's all said and done. But I'm coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, Behold, I show you a great mystery. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Watch this. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. For when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, and this mortal has put on immortality, thus it shall come to pass the saying which is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Watch this. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. If you want to live life unstuck, somebody give him praise right now. You want to, you want to go into the future unstuck. Now, today I'm going to preach a message entitled The Unstuck Clinic. Now, now you may not need it, but look down the road. Your neighbor, your, look at your neighbor and say, I can tell you need this message. Come on. So, so if you want to walk fully into everything God has for you, precious, slip up your hands. Father, I just pray today that as strong as the anointing has been during worship, that it will sit on your word. And as I preach today, people will be absolutely and truly set free. I give you glory that you're here and I love your word. Somebody who loves him, give him the ovation of the morning. All right, before you sit down, tell everybody around you, God is good. God is good. God is good. Can I unpack this thing the way I feel it? Who wants to be taught a little bit today? You know, the Bible said in Proverbs 10, he who learns from instruction and correction is on the right path. So I want to see you get on the right path. Who wants to be on the right path in this next season? So welcome to the Unstuck Clinic. I wish I could give you an inoculation. I wish I could give you a shot for being stuck. But the reality is there is no immunity for being stuck. That always in our lives at some point we will encounter seasons where we are stuck. And you know some of my research, some of my deep research this week led me to some writing from a famous doctor. And this doctor's name was Dr. Seuss. Anybody ever read your children Dr. Seuss? I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. Come on. But in his groundbreaking book, Oh, the Places You Will Go, the main character in Dr. Seuss's book is off to do great things. But the book says this. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soared the great hikes. This is great, but keep reading. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best. And wherever you go, you will top the rest. Everybody wants to shout right there, preach, Dr. Seuss. Come on, Dr. Seuss. Let the, whoo, come on. We need an organ for Dr. Seuss. Come on. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best. Wherever you go, you will top the rest, except when you don't. Because sometimes you won't. Where are the real people at? 
I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. So even Dr. Seuss knows that some days you fly high and some days it's easy, but other days bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. Just tell somebody in your neighborhood, bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. Yeah, you didn't tell them. Tell them, they need to hear it. Say, bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. Your children can lose their way. Your money can get funny. You can serve the Lord and still have trouble. You can have seasons of depression and fear that you have to break off of your life. Bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. And since this is the Unstuck Clinic, I want to help you get unstuck today. I'm going to be teaching from 1 Corinthians. Paul, precious, is addressing the church he founded, the church that he loved, the church that is near and dear to his heart. But here they are, this church in Corinth, and they are stuck. They had as their apostle the legendary world shaker Paul. But yet, they find themselves stuck. So I want to cover real quickly how this church was stuck and how that translates into today and give you three symptoms of being stuck but also tell you that there is a remedy that the person who gets stuck can get unstuck in Jesus' name. Now the first symptom that the Corinthian church exhibited that caused them to be stuck they were dealing with personal preference. They were stuck in their own preference. They were stuck in what they wanted. They were stuck in the way they wanted it to be. Now, you don't know anybody like that because you are that person. Come on, somebody. Nothing will get you stuck like having to have it your own way. Do you know it? Is, is anybody like that on your row? Look down your row and see if you can. Is, is it them? If you always have to have your personal preference in all things, you, my friend, are going to stay stuck on stuck. There are some people that are just difficult to hang out with because they have to have their way in everything. Now, Corinth exhibited this trait, and Paul corrected them in verse 12. He said, now I say this, that each of you says, I am a Paul, I'm a Paul man. Another one says, I'm of Apollos. Another one said, I'm of Cephas. And then another one said, I'm of Christ. What they're saying here, Paul's my favorite preacher. Apollos is my favorite preacher. Cephas or Peter is my favorite preacher. And they said, well, I'm more spiritual than all of y'all. I'm a Jesus man. Come on. So the church in Corinth was in a sorry state. And Paul writes them this letter. The fellowship among the brethren had deteriorated to such a degree that it was about to crumble and collapse. And the church was in trouble. And one of the big things that was going on here is that people were captured and stuck to personal preference. And it was like some said, you know what, man? I'm all about Paul. So you had the Paul crowd. And you had then the Apollos crowd. And then you had the Cephas or the Peter crowd. And people were vocalizing it and fussing it, fussing about it in the church. They, they, were, they were acknowledging, this is my favorite preacher. And I can only receive when this preacher is preaching. And according to 2 Corinthians 10 and 11, Paul was a small frame missionary, a wonderful writer, a gifted leader, but he wasn't a great speaker. He wasn't a profound orator. But then you look at Apollos, according to Acts 18, he's an eloquent man, he's a mighty preacher, he's mighty in the scriptures, and so it happened that these people began to choose their favorite preachers, and you say, well, that doesn't happen nowadays. I don't know what planet you live on. Well, you know, I'm a Billy Graham man, I like Billy Graham because he kept it all about the gospel. Well, not me, I like T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes says, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get, 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 get. I like T.D. Jakes. Well, not me, I like Pastor Dawn Rayleigh. She's my favorite preacher. People choose their favorite preacher. And they say, well, you know what, I, I know Apostle is out today. I can't receive if Apostle's not preaching. Are you serious? Josh Carter 
and Don Rayleigh will preach the ceiling out of this place, the roof off the house. When will you understand that it's not about your preference? You say, well, you know what? I ain't worshiping the Lord because my favorite worship leader ain't here. Pastor John ain't here. Pastor Courtney ain't here. Listen, Pastor John and Pastor Courtney were on the road last week ministering. John was in the sin and Courtney was in Dallas. But look at the man who came in and led worship and our whole church went in. I'm trying to tell you, if you have to have your worship leader worshiping before you can worship, then you're not worshiping the Lord. You're worshiping the worship leader. Preach, apostle. If you have to have your favorite song, it's got to be my style. I need, I need him to sing my style. If they don't start singing my style, I can't handle this stuff they singing nowadays. If you have to have it your style every single solitary time that you gather in the house of the Lord, baby, you're not worshiping the Lord. You're worshiping your worship and your praise and your praise. But I have made up in my mind that I don't have to have my style. I don't have to have my leader to figure out that God is worthy. I can praise the Lord and it doesn't matter who's leading. See, the reality is that, that this church found themselves in cliques. Now, it's okay to have groups of friends. And I want you to be in small groups. We have thousands of people that come to Calvary and that are at our campuses. I want you to be in small groups. And I want you to find friendship. But I don't want it to be a clique. Oh, come on now. Because a clique excludes people. A clique makes people feel like they're not a part. So be careful when you get in the cliques in the church because what do cliques do? Cliques elevate men and cliques will make you a man follower. Churches that split, it happens because somewhere there was a clique of discord and disunity. Not here though. I got three people said amen. I said not here though. But they came together in their clique and they came together in their club and they excluded others and it cost the church. The Bible says this, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul said it's not about Paul, it's not about Apollos, it's not about Peter. We come in this place and we magnify one name and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Be careful that you fall deeper in if you fall deeper in love with the messenger than you do the message. I've watched people fall so in love for, with the messenger that they'll let that rascal womanize, they'll let him fornicate, they'll let him act crazy, they'll let him fall, they'll let him do live any way that he wants to live, but they like his gifts so much that they excuse it away. I was preaching a while back and I came into this conference and it wasn't my turn yet and I saw a guy on the stage, he was womanizing, he, not, not on the stage, he had been womanizing and acting crazy and I knew it. And people are, people are losing their minds, throwing money at him. And I said, Lord, what is going on? He said, my people, it's my people. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, they don't know the difference between a gift and an anointing. Jesus, can I talk to you? Many people preach in their gift. They sing in their gift. And people go, ooh, I feel that. Ooh, you don't feel nothing. Come on. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, he's a preaching preacher. But the reality is he's preaching out of his gift and not his anointing. The Lord said there's a difference between a gift and an anointing. I said, talk to me, Holy Ghost. He said, watch the people. He said, when they come in and they sit under, the, under a gift and not an anointing, he said, when they come in, they'll come in in bondage and they'll leave in bondage. They'll come in jacked up and they'll leave jacked up. They'll come in addicted and they'll leave addicted. They'll come in homosexual, they'll leave homosexual. They'll come in fornicating, they'll leave fornicating. I'm preaching about it, you're letting on. They'll come, they'll come in messed up, they'll leave messed up. They'll come in bound, they'll leave bound. You know why? Because it has never been a gift 
that has lifted the heavy burden and broken the yoke. He said when they get underneath an anointing, the anointing will break everything off of their life. It'll break off that spirit. It'll break off compromise. How many of you can say, Apostle, don't put me under a gift. Put me under an anointing that will set the captive free. Can I talk to you? They were in trouble, y'all, because they were exalting their own preference. So I want to tell you that in church, church imitates life. In church, you don't always get what you want. And in life, you don't always get what you want. You don't always have the job you want or the situations you want or the circumstances you want. But you got to work what you got till you get unstuck. So you submit your personal preferences to God's perfect plan and trust his prophet process and then you'll get unstuck. So everybody who wants to get unstuck from your own personal preference, make a little noise right now. Come on. So number one, they were stuck because of personal, personal desire. But number two, they were stuck because they had a prideful perspective. The church at Corinth was saturated with pride. And because of this, they were stuck. They're proud of their status, proud of themselves, proud of their salvation. And this prideful spirit was brutalizing the church. And there were several ways that it was manifesting. It seems in, in, in uh, chapter 11 that they were having feasts and calling them love feasts. And at the end of the feast, they were having communion. But they met together and they excluded those that were poor and needy. They basically said, we're better than you and you can't hang out with us. And it was pride. Now, Pastor Don and I have done this long enough to realize Nobody is better than anybody else. I said none of us are better than the other. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, I'm just glad to be here. See, see, they had a prideful, I'm better than you group. They had a prideful, I'm more spiritual than you group. They literally had a group that felt like they were more spiritual than anybody else. And Paul called them out. I love Paul because Paul set these jokers straight. He said, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, each of you has a teaching, each of you has a tongue, each of you has a revelation, each of you has an interpretation, let all things be done in order. He said, y'all coming together, everybody giving a message in tongues, everybody prophesying, everybody teaching, everybody. and they had dueling prophecies. Now, you've never seen anything like that, some of you, but if you have a dueling prophecy in the church, somebody will stand up and say, Yea, verily, thus saith the Lord, it is time for this preacher to go. It is time for him to leave town. It's time for this service to be over. Yes, yea, verily, thus saith the Lord, and amen. Then somebody over here stands up and says, Yes, thus saith the Lord, I changed my mind. This preacher needs to stay. He is my anointed. And, I, and you had mess in the church. And everybody wanted to be seen. And everybody wanted to be heard. And they were acting super spiritual. They had 13 of the nine gifts. Come on, y'all. And then Paul called them out. In verse 26, he said, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. You, you, not many, not many of you were influential. Not many of you were high society. Come on now. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? He chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies that make it quite clear that none of you can get by by blowing your own horn before God. Everything we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we are saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. 
They were full of pride. They, they were giving each other words. But listen very closely. How are you all coming together, he said. And all y'all got a word. And a song. You're going to prophesy to everybody and give a parking lot prophecy. Come on now. And not that long ago, you were whoring with temple prostitutes. Just a few months ago, you were whoring with temple prostitutes. You were worshiping false gods and you were sacrificing to idols. And now you want to give everybody a word? I'm going to stay here just a minute. Y'all don't go anywhere. Let me get this out of my system. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all say, well, Apostle, I just, you know what? God moves in me that way. How you gonna come in here and give a word and Shunda Bakosa and you were at Razzle's Friday night. You were in the club Friday night and now you've come in here and you got a word that you need to deliver. Where are the people that know there is a life that we need to live that qualifies us by the blood of Jesus to rise up? So, so Paul calls them out. So, so if you're gonna blow a horn, don't toot your own horn, blow the trumpet of God. So if you know that you are 100% a product of God's grace, why not give pride a punch in the face right now and lift up radical gratitude and praise? Lift it up right now before the Lord. If you know that you are 100% a product of God's grace, why not give pride a punch in the face and lift up a, a radical gratitude filled praise right now? No, wait a minute. If you know that you are 100% a product of God's grace, why not give pride a punch in the nose? I don't have one thing to prove. I don't have to be more spiritual than anybody else. Let me tell you everything I have and everything I am is because of the blood of Jesus Christ and that is why I praise the Lord. Now, push your neighbor and say, God's been good to me. Don't get stuck because of pride. Thank you, son. Pride will wreck a home. Pride will cost you your destiny. Pride will split a church. Pride will destroy a marriage. Pride will stop you from forgiving. But I feel like today there are some people who don't want to be stuck and you're not going to let pride dominate your life. If that's you, open up your mouth and give God a praise right now. And here's the truth. No matter what your struggle is that is in contradiction to the word, understand very clearly that I love you. I'm not going to stand up here and act like anybody, no matter what they've done, that somehow you're beyond grace. But I'm not going to be that preacher who is quiet on issues of the day. Because the Bible says, for though you have 10,000 instructors... Yet you have not many fathers. And the word instructor there, this word means nanny. It means someone paid to take responsibility for helping raise the child. But a nanny in this sense was an employee. A nanny, when it came to operating outside the job description, when the money stopped flowing, the nanny disappeared. And too many pulpits in America have nannies and not fathers. I wish I could find somebody to preach to. We've got too many nannies. We've got too many nannies. Can I tell you something? I love you, but I ain't your nanny. I said, I love you, but I'm not a hireling. 
I will stand up and preach the truth in love because you need a father. A father will stick with you come a hell of high water. A father will call you out so he can call you up. A father will, will stand there with you when all hell is breaking loose. A father will fight the devil for you. And what I'm calling now in America is for mothers and fathers to rise up and begin to preach truth again. Tell everybody in your neighborhood you don't need a nanny. Yeah, we got too many nannies in the pulpit who are scared of people. But baby, I'm not scared of any of you and I will stand up and tell you, you better get that pride in check. I'm in a mood, y'all. Pray for me. All these young preachers wanting to do something great for God. Mm, I better go back to my notes. But they're too good to work. They're too good to roll up their sleeves. Y'all, I'm, I'm going back to my notes. Give me three minutes. I'll get this off my chest. And then we'll get, you, 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 you just, I, I can't, I, I can't do that. I'm called to preach. These hands are holy hands. Can I tell you something? When I started out, I would do anything because I wanted to be in the ministry. I started out making $175 a week. Dawn made $100 a week as the church secretary. We were starving to death. You know what I did? I did everything. You know what I did? I did anything. Because I wanted to be in this thing called the ministry. There was nothing I would not do. I can't tell you how many times I cleaned the commodes. How many times I spread manure in the yard. How many times I cut the hedges. How many times I painted the building by myself. I can't tell you how many times I painted the sanctuary. I ain't bragging. I'm just making a statement. You know what I was doing? I was fulfilling my purpose. My purpose that day was to paint that wall. My purpose that day was to clean that commode. My purpose that day was to vacuum that building. My purpose that day was to do whatever my father asked me to do. My purpose that day was to be obedient. And I'm telling you, everything that I have right now, everything that I'm walking in right now it didn't come because I'm so smart when I was cleaning that commode baby I wasn't even thinking about my purpose when I was painting that wall I wasn't even thinking about a day like this but because I painted the wall then look what the Lord has done now are you hearing what I'm saying sometimes it start paint the wall I said paint the wall mow the grass do it uh, how many of you are ready for some preachers who are willing to do anything because they're called? Now, if you want to be used by God, if you want to stay unstuck, and you want to remain blessed, stay grateful, watch this, and remain humble. So they were bound by personal preference, they were bound by prideful perspective, but they were also bound by a polluted past. There's so much more, but I'm only teaching three today. This is powerful because much of that church, in fact, almost all of it, were Greeks. And they rejected the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That to a Greek, in the mindset of a Greek, there was nothing more gross than a dead body. Many of them could not stomach the thought of a human body lying in a grave for three days, decaying, stiff, with rigor mortis setting in and getting stinky. And they could never put their minds around that. And to be told that that human body would get up, that that human body got up in three days, and then their own body would resurrect, that was too much for them. They couldn't stand the thought because they were so offended by a human cadaver that they would actually worship a Jesus like this. On top of that, it was just too much for them to ever think that they themselves would rot and then rise. These people were bound by a polluted past. They were bound by wrong thinking. 
and wrong perception and wrong thinking as it relates to the past will cause you to become stuck and to stay stuck. There are some of you here today, baby, I love you, but you're wrestling with wrong thinking. You said, you know what? I'll always be poor. My mama was poor. My daddy was poor. I'm going to be poor. My mama had the sugar. Come on, country folk. The diabetes. I'm going to have diabetes. My daddy was a womanizer. I guess we'll never have a marriage that lasts. I can't get over it. I, my family walks in divorce. I guess my, my I'm going to walk in divorce. My family never owned a home, so I'll never own a home. In the name of Jesus, I break that wrong thinking off of you and I declare that you are a brand new creature. Romans 12, 2 says you are transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. So I want everybody in this room that believes that God can break generational curses off of you. One, two, three, give God a praise right now. Come on, I feel breakthrough. If you believe God can break every generational curse in your family off of you, give God a praise right now. Can I teach you a little bit? The Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The Bible said his soul was made an offering for sin. There's three ways of, to, to, to commit sin. There's sins, transgressions, and iniquity. Sin means this. Sin means to, to, to miss the mark. And the Bible said his soul was made an offering for sin. So I dare you right now to give God praise for redeeming you for every time you miss the mark, every sin that you ever committed. Come on, give God a radical praise right now that your sin doesn't bind you that what you did doesn't bind you anymore. Somebody that missed the mark, stop and give God praise that the blood covers it all. Then it says, he was wounded for our transgressions. The word transgressions can be translated trespasses. It means to go too far. It means to behave outside of boundaries. It means to trespass, to transgress, to go too far. And the Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. That means every time we went too far, every time we said too much, every time we did too much, the Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. So I dare you right now to stop and give God praise for every transgression that is underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, get a hold of one neighbor and say, hey neighbor, give me about 30 seconds to give God praise for the blood that covers my life. For every time I went too far, every time I went too far, Jesus went all the way. Ah! Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? He was wounded for our transgressions. Watch this. But he was bruised for our iniquities. What are iniquities? Iniquities are inside struggles. It's a bending. If you really want to understand the word in the Hebrew, it's a bending. We talk about generational curses. And your family has familiar spirits. You know what? You know what the word familiar is linked to? Family. Y'all got some familiar spirits. So do I in the family. You come to family reunion. And the familiar spirit is there eating ribs right along with you. Come on, somebody. That familiar spirit of anger. That's just the brown way. All the browns are angry. Come on, somebody. That's just the Jones way. All the Joneses can't. 
can't watch themselves and womanize. That's just the Jones way. It's a generational iniquity. We call it a generational curse, but it really is an iniquity. It's a bending toward behavior. Why am I bent toward that? Why is it something inside of me? Why am I bent toward that website and I don't even know why? Why am I bent toward that unforgiveness? Why am I bent toward being angry? It is a generational iniquity. It's something that is passed down and it gets inside of you as an iniquity. But the Bible said he was bruised for our iniquity. What are bruises? <laughs> I'm going somewhere where bruises are outward manifestations of inward bleedings iniquities are inner struggle and what the Lord is saying here is I was bruised for your iniquity everything that you struggle with on the inside I was bruised for it and I can give you power over every iniquity I need somebody right now that believes you are redeemed by the blood stop and give God a radical praise I break every spiritual iniquity off of your life. I break every generational curse off of your life. I break everything that was over your family and over your grandparents. It dies and now you create a new lineage. Not generational curses, but generational blessings. If you receive it, give God a radical praise. So, so these people struggled with their walk because they didn't believe in the resurrection. So Paul takes it on and corrects them and said, Behold, I show you a great mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible. He said, You're worried about a corruptible body. He said, when that body raises up, it's not going to have rigor mortis. It's not going to stink. He said, we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible. This mortal must put on incorruptible. And this mortal must put on immortality. For when this corruptible has put on incorruptible and this mortal has put on immortality, thus it shall come to pass the saying which is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your sting? Sting, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. So here it is. He said, folks, you think you're bound by wrong thinking. You're bound by wrong thinking because you think that this body is going to be the same body you got. You're going to have a brand new body. Can you imagine? The Bible said the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet. Come on, y'all. He said that day is so awesome that I'm not sending anybody. I'm not sending an angel. I'm not sending a prophet. I'm not sending a preacher for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. He said, that day so awesome, I'm coming myself. And with the voice of an archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now it's kind of like this. In the old days when they were going to introduce a king, they would say, introducing. Trumpets would sound. King Henry. The 42nd, dun da 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 and the king would walk in. And the Bible says that the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, introducing Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the lily of the valley, the captain of the host, the Waymaker, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Dun, and then the trumpet's gonna sound. Dun, 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 dun. And the dead in Christ 
shall rise first. Incorruptible. Come on, somebody. Never to die again. Now, some of y'all, when that trumpet sounds, I believe it could be any time. If you believe in the coming of the Lord, make a little noise right now. Come on. I know you do. I know you. If you believe in the coming of the Lord and you believe it could be any time soon, give God a praise right now. Some of y'all, when that trumpet sounds, you're going to be eating chicken wings. Dun, da, 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 da. For the first time in your life, might be me. You're going to drop that wing and you say, I'm not going to eat this because I'm headed to another supper. Y'all, I feel like preaching. I'm going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all going to be walking away from the mailbox. I know some of you, most of y'all pay your bills online. But you're going to have bills in your hands. And you're going to hear don da 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 You're going to smile. And you're going to let them bills go. Because that's one set of bills you ain't going to never have to pay. Hallelujah. Some of y'all going to be in the shower. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. Glory, hallelujah. Lift his holy. Dun, da, 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 da. You're like. Hold up, Jesus. Hold up, Jesus. My robes. Right, right outside the street. Hold up, Lord. Listen, baby. When that trumpet blasts and you're in the shower, don't you even worry about it because somewhere between heaven and earth, you're going to get a brand new body anyway. It will not matter. These people were stuck because they were stuck in a way of thinking. And the Bible says that you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want to get unstuck, you got to change the way that you're thinking. So in the last verse, he gives a remedy. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said, here's the key. He said, I'm calling you to get unstuck and stay unstuck and be always abounding. That means always exceeding, always increasing, always going further, and always surpassing the common. Always. That means that even if I get stuck, I bounce back. I rebound. Tell somebody next to you, bring that up again. Always abounding. Somebody say, always abounding. Say, in Jesus' name, you're always abounding. In Jesus' name. Look at somebody next to you say, you're always exceeding. Say in Jesus' name, you're always increasing. In Jesus' name, you're always going further. Say in Jesus' name, you're always surpassing the common. Always. If you receive that word, somebody give God praise. But he said, precious, he said, be steadfast, watch, and unmovable. That doesn't mean to be stuck. It means be steadfast and unmovable in your commitment to being unstuck. Commit to be always abounding. 
that means you can't settle in a setback because sometimes your setback that you're trying to settle in God will turn your setback into your comeback so, so here's, here's what I'm, I'm going to say look at me in the eyes precious I myself I'm the apostle of all this that God has given me charge over and I say that in humility and in gratitude and I know that I'm the most likely one unlikely one to have this title or do this job but I've had seasons where I've been stuck I've had seasons where I felt like Lord what is going on I'm fighting but I'm not making progress where are the real people at I feel like I'm stuck in a mindset I go to bed feeling heavy and I wake up feeling heavy can I be transparent with you in 2020 and 2021 all that junk was going on and your neighbor was acting crazy on Facebook you were an angel but your neighbor was acting crazy people were losing their minds and I used to watch this show called alone where they get in the wilderness and they camp by themselves and they kill squirrels and and kill rabbits and catch fish and whoever could last in that show would win a million dollars. I've never killed a raccoon, skinned a rabbit. I ate a squirrel one time. One time. But I said, man, I would love to be on that show. Get out there by myself. I tell you what, I would fish. I would build me a fire, and I wouldn't see nobody else. I was so tired of it all. Who would, who's ever been there? But you know what? My vision kept me alive because I realized I can't stay stuck. So I shook myself. And I said, you're going to preach to all 12 people that are showing up during COVID. Come on. You're going to get up there and you're going to preach. And I look back now. This is what unstuck looks like. Come on, somebody. Ah. God made a way. So here's what I declare over you. If you've been stuck, you're about to get unstuck. If you've been stuck in personal preference, you're about to get unstuck. If you've been stuck in pride, you're about to get unstuck. If you've been stuck in, in wrong thinking, you're about to get unstuck. But I declare this, in Jesus' name, you and me both, we're not just going to get unstuck. We're going to stay unstuck. So I want everybody that's ready to stay unstuck, get on your feet and give God a radical praise right now. I said give God a radical praise right now. All y'all on this side, give the Lord a radical praise. If you're ready to get unstuck, all y'all over here, give the Lord a radical praise. Up in the stadium city, give the Lord a radical praise. If you're ready to get unstuck and stay unstuck. So, so watch this. I'm going to have you make a confession. Uh, your labor, the Bible said, is not in vain. I'd ask nobody to leave if you're it right now because we're about to give an altar call and people are going to be changed. But the Bible said your labor is not in vain. That means you may have to work at it, but keep pressing, keep working, keep fighting, and refuse to stay stuck. Tell your neighbor, I ain't staying stuck. Come on, just tell him, I ain't staying stuck. So here's what I want you to do. It's about to get radical in here. I want you to raise your hands, and I want you to make this declaration. Say, God, I praise you that you, do, that you give me the power 
to persevere. Here's where it gets good. Not only do I get unstuck from the wrong things, I will, I will get stuck to the right things. If you're ready to get stuck to the right things, I want you to give God a praise right now. Somebody's about to get unstuck from defeat and get stuck to victory. Somebody's about to get unstuck from fear and get stuck to faith. Somebody's about to get unstuck from doubt and get unstuck to breakthrough. Who's ready to get unstuck? Get one neighbor by the hand and shake them up real good and just say, hey neighbor, you can just stand there if you want to. But this is what unstuck praise looks like. One, two, three, give him a praise that says I'm unstuck. Come on, I'm not entangled. I declare that you're unstuck from personal preference, that whatever God's taking you through, you're coming through it. And you're going to walk in victory. I declare that you're unstuck from personal pride. I declare that you live a life filled with gratitude. I declare, hold up your hands, that you are unstuck from a polluted past. That nothing in your past has precedent over what God's going to do in your future. If you receive it, give the Lord the ovation of the day. If it's you, I want it. I need it. If it's you, pour it out on me. Oh, Jesus, if it's you, I want it. I need it. If it's you, sing, John. Oh, Jesus, if it's you, I want it, I need it, if it's you, pour it out on me. Oh, Jesus, if it's you, I want it, I need it, if it's you, pour it out on me. I want it, 
say apostle I don't want to be stuck another day there's sin in my life and listen I preach on sin y'all and I and I talk about things that this culture is dealing with but I never ever want you to mistake anything that I say is said from a place of anything but love I don't care what you're wrestling with I don't care how strong the hold of the enemy is on your life, whether it's a sexual thing or a physical thing or an emotional thing. There's a redeemer in this house who loves you. And I love you too. And if you're in this room, know that I love you too much to act like your nanny. I'm gonna be your father. And a father will speak the truth in love. If you're in this room and you say, Apostle, I got stuff in my life that ought not be there. I've got sin in my life. I'm just not where I need to be with the Lord. Apostle, there's some things in my life that have kept me from Jesus and I feel stuck and I need to get sin confessed, contained, and under the blood. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, if there's sin in your life, when I count to three, raise your hands. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you say, Apostle, pray for me. I want to get right with God today. One, pray for me. Jim, I'm not where I need to be. Two, remember me. I want to be free today. Three, slip up your hand right now. Hold it up. I've got things in my life that ought not be there. Hold it up. Hands in every section are being raised. I need to leave here today saved. I need to leave here today with all this under the blood. Hands are still being lifted. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hand, raise it right now. Pray for me, Apostle. Five. I want to be free. Four. If you raised your hand up, hold it up and keep it up. Hands across the house. Come on. Hands online. You're right at your house and you raised up your hand. Hold that hand up. Three. Two. Pray for me, Apostle. One. Zero. If you raised your hand and you're ready for a brand new start, I want you to meet me right here at the front. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you. If somebody next to you raised their hand, move back so they can come. But this is your new beginning. You're about to get unstuck. If you raised your hand, come right now. You won't come by yourself. Come on, come on, come on. Here they come, y'all. Here they come. Here they come. This is Salvation Sunday. Come on, I bet if you'll rejoice, they'll come in droves. Come on, I bet if you'll shout and give God a praise, they'll come from the they'll come from the overflow. They'll find Jesus online. Oh y'all, listen, if you can't praise God over this right here, if you can't thank God for all these dozens of people that are coming to Jesus, come on, I want to hear a shout in the house right now. I want to hear a thank you, Lord. Pull them up front, pull them up front. They're still coming. Y'all, God is moving. God is gonna save people today. He's gonna set people free from addiction today. He's going to turn people's lives around. This is what salvation does. Oh, I'm holding the door for you. They're still coming, they're still coming. They're still coming. Come on. Out across the front. Pastor Christian, help them spread completely out because people are still coming. Come on, come on. All you gotta do is throw the net, baby. People will wanna find Jesus. I said people wanna find Jesus. I'm waiting for you, son, come on. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold the door and I'm gonna count down from 10. 
This is a massive altar call. But I'm going to count down from 10. And if you need to come and give it all to Jesus. And you're not where you need to be. And there's sin in your life. And you're not even convinced you're ready for heaven. That's it. Come on. Here's 10. If you need to come. 9. The Holy Spirit's putting his foot on the door. 8. 7. Come on. I don't often do this. But I feel at 6. This is a salvation Sunday. This is a salvation call. 5. That's it. Come on. Y'all better rejoice. Y'all better rejoice. Here comes young men saying, I want a new start. Here comes three young men saying, I want a new start. Here comes another young man saying, I want a new start. Oh, come on. I'm not afraid to open the altars. Four. That's you. You need to come. Three. That's it, daughter. Come on. Come on, daughter. Three. That's it, mother. Come. Three. Two. 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 If God's dealing with you, you better come. Two. One. That's it. Come on, daughter. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. With your hand on your heart. I feel new beginnings all over this place. I feel it for you, son. Especially for you. Come here. Let me talk to you. What's your name? What is it? Joshua. You know what, Joshua? Some of the things that you've done and the ways that you've thought has cost you some of your purpose in the Lord. It's okay to cry, buddy. Look at me. You can cry, but you can't quit. Your name is Joshua. God has called you to possess the land. Possess the promise. You're more than how you've been behaving, and you're more than what you've been doing. And you know you're more. You feel it when you lay down at night don't you you feel stuck but I'm telling you God's about to change your whole world right now Joshua the word Joshua means deliverer God's about to deliver you son God's about to set you free and I want this not to be the end but the beginning Joshua I bless you son I want everybody in the room to take your hand and place it on your heart right now. And I want you to raise your other hand. It's a hand of commitment on your heart. It's a hand of surrender that you raise. So everybody in the room, pray this after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I'm coming to you. And I'm asking you, please forgive me. For all my sins, Lord, I'm stuck, and I want to get unstuck. Cleanse my life. Wash my heart. Make me clean. Make me brand new. I belong to you, Jesus. The old passes away. And I thank you, Lord, that all things are new. I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm going to walk with you, Lord. I'm going to believe in your power. I've been trying it my way. And it's not been working. But there's a better way. That's your way. And I choose it. And so today, from this day forward, I will never, 
never, never, never, never, never, never be the same again. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Everybody out there, stretch your hands toward these. You guys right here, just slip up your hands and I want to pray over you. This is not the end. This is the beginning. I believe in you, daughter. Okay? Talk to you like you're one of my kids. You need to hear somebody tell you that. I believe in you. I believe in your purpose. I believe in your destiny. I believe in all God has for your life. I believe in you. You've had people not believe in you haven't you? And it's made it hard for you to believe in yourself. Is that right? But guess what? I believe in you. I believe that God's got a plan for your life. I bless you. And I declare that this is not the end thing for you. This is the beginning. And you're, I just say in faith, your life is going to be better than you think it ever could be. That's what I say to you. Don't you give up. There's been times you felt like giving up, right? Times you felt like, man, I, it's not even worth living. But you know what? You got a lot to live for. Can I give you a hug? That'd be all right. All right, buddy. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. All right, everybody slip up your hands and stretch your hands toward these. Isn't it something when the Holy Spirit just comes in? It ain't hard. So, Lord, we bless these guys and these girls right here, these ladies. We declare that they will serve the Lord. We declare that this is not the end, but it's only the beginning. Altar workers now move out and begin to pray with them. We declare that they will serve the Lord. We declare that they'll be baptized, they'll be discipled, they'll find out the church is where they grow and they find their purpose. Now, for all of you, slip up your hands. All our special guests, I'm going to be in the back. I want to I want to meet you. I love you so much. All the unstuck people, wave at me. Come on. I declare this is your week to be unstuck to the wrong things and stuck to the right things. I declare this week you are always abounding. Come on. Somebody receive it right now. I declare you're always abounding. Somebody who loves the Lord. Give God a praise for all of these. I said, give God a praise for all of these. And you give God praise for a great week in Jesus. Thanks for watching the message. I'm sure this spoke to you. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time? And so, you can give at calvaryfl.com, you can give on your phones, and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world, the message of hope, the message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here real soon.